Welcome to Numb Bills Fan Podcast, number 176. I'm your host, David Palermo, and this is a podcast that should last a long time. It should last about a month, so if you're tuning in a little bit before the Super Bowl, that's where we are right now, Saturday prior, um, you should still be good. So again, I'm your host, David Palermo, and this podcast will really be about Tyrod Taylor specifically, not about all of a sudden the other quarterbacks available. But possibly in comparison. And um, I have today on the line Kevin Masseri again from Lockdown Bills Podcast. And we'll get to him in a second. But don't forget, brought to you by GrandSandSportsNetwork.com. It's a great website. Really, yes, website. Get there. You can play some awesome podcasts in the background. Really easy setup. And there's blogs up there. Really good things. I plan on putting up some content up there soon. Um also, don't forget, if you like good draft breakdowns, everything underneath the sun with the draft, don't forget to tune in to Lockdown Bills with Nate Geary also in the fold and Kevin Masseri really cutting everything how you want to do it. And they have another host in there, I forgot his name, which we'll get to. And lastly, brought to you by PunchDrunkSports.com. They have a, pod, a sports podcast division and been saying it for a while now but the website should be up soon with uh different podcasts for each sports team so we cover the bills for them so really an honor to be a part of uh legitimate comedians who have a legitimate podcast in punch drunk sports and if you haven't checked out tom segura's new special on netflix do yourself a favor and go check it out so um that should be it also don't forget to check out the etsy store I have some listings I'll be putting up this weekend, so so I have a bunch of bills, memorabilia, and stuff I need to liquidate. I got to put money back into this podcast so I can afford the website and the server space and maybe uh, finish my kitchen. That would be kind of nice. So, on the line right now, Kevin, are you there? I'm here. Okay. There is Sultry Kevin. So just doing my thing. Um Actually, today, you know, last time I was eating a cannoli. Mm-hmm. Today, I'm eating some spaghetti and meatballs. Are you Italian? Just a little. Okay. I mean, you look it. Yeah, I'm 100%. Dude, so I don't know if the guy from Yanni's listens to this, Bill's expert. You said you know him, right? Or you yeah. You know who he is? Okay. Are we allowed to talk about that on air? Do you care? I don't care. I don't think he likes his... Uh, identity being known oh shit oops so uh (laughs) i had this theory of just like constantly going to yanni's right i told you i want to infiltrate it with my bills gear right and um i think it's kind of funny because i was like you know they follow me on instagram i shot him a dm like hey do you want to support the podcast and really got nothing back so Come to find out, it's like my favorite restaurant right now in Gates. And I live right up the road from it. Like, bicycle ride distance there. Hint. Okay. I can really support your thing here. Maybe make some nice, fun videos for you that you wouldn't want approved. But I uh, I really like the place. It's clean. I was going to Pixley's up the road. I was going to some other spots. But, um, you know, I'm pretty... I gotta say, I'm pretty stoked on Yanni's. I was very impressed with my meals every time. The service was very good, and um, 
Yeah, and, and Bills fans, I, how do I not support it? For sure. It's a good restaurant every time I've been in there. Yeah. Um, that's all I got. I don't know how I got into Yanni's, but not bad. I drove by it for years. I, anyways, if you... <laughs> It was my fault for bringing up what I'm eating every time now. It's okay. It's okay. I have... Uh, you some... told me to be more real, Dave, so I'm being more real with you. Well, just be real, all right? Just be real, like a rapper name. I think that is a dude. I am. Real. That's what I'm telling you. That's why I'm telling you I'm eating my meatballs. So, you and I were bored, and I texted you about helping you move today, and you're not moving today, and I'm just sitting around at home. Um, next Friday. Next, next Friday. Friday. Okay, so what I wanted to know is I've been meaning to do a podcast myself just about Tyrod Taylor, and we all know if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a pretty well-versed Tyrod Taylor observer, okay? So we can go over stats all you want. There's enough people out there already doing that. This is for the next-level conversation. If this is the first podcast you're taking in about Tyrod Taylor or any information about Tyrod Taylor, do some homework on how he's been for the last few years and bring it forward. But in a nutshell, what I would say about Tyrod Taylor, and this podcast is about, frankly, on my end, I think it would be foolish not to keep him and extend him. And I'll, and I'll make my case. Which is real quick in a nutshell. Okay. He is a McDermott guy. He shows up. He does his job. Even when he's injured, he was in the facility every single day. And McDermott saw that. And he signed a two year extension. Yada yada yada. I think they should actually sign him for another two years. That way you can shift some money from this year and the next year. If you need to. Okay? We don't know what they feel about the cap. The Bills, I believe, have, I think it was, what, $31 million? And they could still actually roll some from last year over, which I think is like another 10. Uh, my numbers could be way off. So 31's including that. Okay, it is including that? Okay, so 31. It's actually not great shape, too, still. Um, next year they will be. Okay, so uh, if next year they will be, then you're almost kind of sliding in my point here, which is, I think if you're looking for a guy to set the tone if you draft a rookie, number one, that rookie needs to be graded better than Pat Mahomes because they did not take Pat Mahomes. If he's not graded better than Pat Mahomes or he's not better than who was available at their pick last year that they swapped out with Kansas City um, to, to get Tredavious White, which is a great pick, um, you don't. To me, you don't take the quarterback. And it seems like every year, we were talking earlier on the phone, it's like every year, it, it seems like, oh, no, you got to wait till next year. There's better quarterbacks. Well, it's been like three, four years since Andrew Luck or the last five five seasons we've been saying that. And then you get stuck with a guy like E.J. Manuel, who, frankly, in hindsight, really was a, a fourth-round, fifth-round pick. At the same time, I could say that the Bills should have maybe re-signed E.J. Manuel. He would have been way better than Nate Hack or um, – Nate Peterman. You know what I mean? It's just another guy who keeps his mouth shut. He shows up, but for a backup quarterback, there's a good price for him, you know? So obviously you don't do that. But really, I think Tyrod Taylor is very undervalued. And when you try to connect the dots of, okay, Sean McDermott likes this guy. They're actually talking highly about him. There's one or two reasons you would do that. Number one, the locker room supports Tyrod. Number two, um, 
the coach, he does all the right things for the coach. Or number, or on a flip side, so the B side is also dries up his trade value. Okay, because you never know what people are going to throw. But you could say a third round pick is Cardale fucking Jones, frankly. And I don't really, you know, and, and he wasn't good enough for the team. He was not good enough for this roster, for this coaching staff, for Sean McDermott. So they got rid of was He was basically a fifth. Do you get my point, though? Is it's like, it, it is what is good enough to get rid of a guy who sets the example for the team? And a guy that you're going to want to draft and groom. Who is better than Tyrod Taylor right now? Unless you could pry Andrew Luck, get a Teddy Bridgewater. I don't think Case Keenum's worth it. I would. You can talk me into it. You could talk me into Kirk Cousins. But it's going to take a while. It's going to take a while. Sam Bradford, get the hell out of here. I have a lot of empathy for Sam Bradford. But I don't from his paychecks. But that's got to suck to keep getting hurt no matter what. And of course it's your knees. And it's like, there is no, it's like we were talking earlier. You can get your average starting quarterback really is Ryan Fitzpatrick, where you throw for under 300, sometimes over 300, where you're getting two picks, two interceptions, minute 30 left, minute timeout, or, and a timeout. You might not win the game. Okay? So, when you really break it down, who is really an upgrade from Tyrod Taylor, and I don't know. Alex Smith, if you don't know, just got traded to the Redskins with, uh, I think, $71 million guaranteed. Is that correct, Kevin? It was about, yep, 71 guaranteed. Yeah, around there. Okay, and that's a lot of money. And Tyrod Taylor is, I believe, three, I think he's about, I was just looking this up on spottrack.com. Um, He's about average starting quarterback money. When everybody's like, hey, Ryan Fitzpatrick got that big contract. It's like, no, he was an average starting quarterback pay. That's what they pay, okay? You got middle linebackers who are a dime a dozen, allegedly now. So they're not that much money. You get, because they're more plug and play. Look at Preston Brown. That dude is transcending coaching schemes, and he's played at least above average. At least he gets a lot of tackles. This year he led the league, which is good or bad. But that, you know, the Bills defensive line coach just retired. What does that tell you? Hey, dude, uh, I don't think we really want to, you know, deal with you. So they pretty much, he retired. Okay? And our defensive line sucked this year. Let's face it. We had a rookie, a second-year player who played better under Rex Ryan's out-of-fit defense. And so what I'm getting at here is um, every position pays differently. Safeties are going up in value. Um, secondary is always a premium. Edge rushers are always a premium. But even some inside guys are, are, you know, so it's like it seems like the linebackers are more plug and play. But quarterback just pays what it pays. And what I'm looking for is a guy who can take the coaching. And Tyrod Taylor has taken the coaching. Is the anticipation up? No. But maybe, maybe a little bit. At the same time, if you look at the roster through and through, Eric Wood retired, allegedly retired. Right. So, you know, some people could be like, man, Eric Wood didn't have the usual season he has. Well, you got Ryan Groy behind him. You already know the guy. He's in the building. They kept him around, and everybody has it wrong. I believe it was the Raiders who offered him an ex- uh, a contract. Um, 
everybody else is saying the Chargers and the Rams, and it's not. It was the Raiders. And it's like that dude played very well for seven games for the Bills. Very impressive. Very smart. But this next coaching staff came in, and all of a sudden, John Miller isn't worth the salt. What? We have a nice developmental third-round draft pick and a guard, and now this kid just all of a sudden sucks and he doesn't even get dressed? Is that really it? Is he not a McDermott? I don't know. I'm not in the locker room. You probably have more sources than I do. You could probably figure this out. I don't talk to anybody. I know nobody. I have no sources. I don't have crap right now. So for me, if I'm looking at it as a fan, I'm thinking every single player on offense they get a mulligan year for evaluation. A complete mulligan. What's the advantage, though? Tyrod Taylor to Tyrod. Tyrod Taylor showed that he can throw the ball over the middle. Just as I think you, I could say you and I suspected. I thought he could. It's just, what are they asking him to do? And when you just want to have a very general conversation with people and say, and I don't know anything for for shit so don't look at me like some x's and o's expert here but when i'm looking for when i when we're just having generalized conversations of man he just doesn't throw over the middle and that's all you hone in on and you don't hone in on what he's asked to do you're not in the offensive meetings and unless you're drawing up every play and going over to all 22 and looking at every individual route and telling me where they where they are and then look at his feet and where he is in the drop and what his you don't even know what his progressions are Okay, they might have some tells on tape. That way they switch it next time. There's always a primary receiver. That primary can change all the time. Okay, but one thing we have seen is we have never seen Tyrod Taylor just have the offense and be able to make adjustments. He's not an idiot. You can't put that much work on your tablet on after you just got into the playoffs on the airplane and tell me that Tyrod Taylor is a stupid ass. Okay, he's smart enough to make adjustments at the line. They got to let him call audibles if they don't, because at least up until now, we've thought that he couldn't. So, you know, he did have that run pass option. They do have that, which was a Calvin Benjamin play to people out there, which really isn't that bad of a call. That's why you have Calvin Benjamin. We need a guy in the red zone that you just throwing up. Okay, I'm not saying Tyrod is perfect. But what I'm overall saying here is when you look at the budget, you look at the way you can move maybe a little bit of that dead cap in the next year and take a bigger, take your dead cap hit. And, you know, if they cut them this year, they're saving $10 million And you'll be a dead cap of $8 million something, right? That's still $10 million you're saving. You might want to just cut them if you don't like them that much. At the same time, he knows how to communicate with the players. And I don't think this offensive line is that far off. Is, is John Miller a free agent? Do you know? Is John Miller what a free agent? Yeah, does he have one no, more he, year? No, he is, he does have a free year here. Okay, so the way I look at it is, I don't know what you do with Cordy Glenn. I think he's already here. I think Cordy Glenn is a. a I'm just gonna gloss over this, Kevin, real quick. I think Cordy Glenn. You already have him in the building. He is a premier left tackle. It, it, it's just he's been injured. You really go through it. He's just been injured, and injuries you can't. Who knows if they're rushing him out there? I mean, you got Kobe Listenby coming out saying that his coaches in college pretty much razzed him into playing, and, and that happens more than you think. And then when you go into these conversations with the with the, with the team, they hold your injuries against you. And it's like, man, I just sacrificed my body for you. Well, I mean, you were hurt here. Blah, 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 blah. But 
I mean, listen to, again, I tell people, listen to Arian Foster on Joe Rogan. It's the realest I've ever heard an NFL player or former NFL player talk about being in the NFL. You know, there's very, uh, there's very, 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 you got to be with the team or not with the team. There's very, you know, it's smart for the Bills, I think, to have a faith-based guy in there. Let's just say that. It's very smart because you can communicate. And most guys in football are faith people. You know, they believe in the higher power heavily and that's cool man like do what you do um and it's like i i think there is an angle to everything there's stupid politics between everything you know and it's like i talk about jeff fisher versus mcveigh i mean this fresh blood comes in and he's he has the same personnel and it's just really newer thinking it's just we have this old fraternity of guys and um yeah, so I don't know how the hell I got on this point. But my overall point is, you already have Cordy Glenn in the building. I, I think if you can give him a mulligan or maybe, again, adjust his contract, maybe not. I don't know what you do. But you already have him. Deion Dawkins looks promising. Do you try Cordy Glenn on the right side? I don't believe that everything just transfers over like that. I hate when people say that because I rode BMX growing up. I play hockey now. Um, I rollerbladed a lot growing up. I've done a lot of sports activities. And... To go to my fakie side on a BMX bike is turning left. It's really hard, but to turn right, I can I I can alley-oop off a quarter like off a quarter pipe easier. You know, turning right, coming at it from the right side to the left side. Does that make sense, Kevin? So it's like, but I can't even dream of doing that the other way. And when people go, oh yeah, you're just switching to the right side. It's like, no, dude. You know, everybody right now is a draft expert, and it's like I hate draft time because. Draft time sucks because you had to filter the bullshit. It's all bullshit. All of a sudden, you're talking about oh, the way this guy's hips open up. And it's like, do you even know what the hell you're talking about, dude? I, you know, I, I have a very few credible sources I listen to, and it's people who work very hard at it. I don't want to hear Draft Nick, Bills Fanatic, XX5. You know what I mean? I am not going to participate in any Bills Mafia conversations. I don't give a fuck if I look stupid because I don't want to sit there and, and talk to people. If you want to have an intelligent draft conversation... You can call the podcast. Like, I will talk to anybody. But I'm not doing this hearsay bullshit. We got to know where your information is coming from, who said what. You know, so this whole time is cloudy. But the Bills have options. And I think they have most of the pieces already proven on the roster that have worked together. Okay? When you start messing with the offensive line, now you're really talking about chemistry. These guys all know each other already. Can you make them work? Are they under contract? Are they affordable? Let's start there. Then you have a quarterback that they respect, you think. Then you have a, a guy in LaShawn McCoy who still has years left. I think he's got at least another two seasons. And he's healthy. You have a receiver in Calvin Benjamin. You have Zay Jones in development. Again, these all of these guys need a mulligan on offense. They include Zay Jones. All right? You, you have an opportunity here with these picks to really fill out your roster. And I think Tyrod Taylor is part of that machine to keep that going where you know he's not going to turn over and you have a quarterback that if you draft him, it's going to make Tyrod Taylor that much better. I really think it is. And if this guy and Brian Dable, the Bills' new offensive coordinator from Alabama, from the Patriots, worked under Belichick for, what, like 10 years, 12 years, I think? Something crazy. Um, And then Saban before that, and he got referred from Saban to Belichick. You know... He's going to work, again, this is what I hope, this is what we always hope with a coaching change, 
He's going to work with what we already have that works. That's what we thought this year. I was talked into saying that, you know what? The zone blocking is going to be great for Shady McCoy. That's, you know what? It's going to work out. Yeah, you know what? You look at Denver and you look at Trevor Simeon. Yeah, Tyrod could do all that and then some because Trevor Simeon left a lot on the field. But that's not what we got. That's not what we got. But Brian Dable, I guess, adjusts very well with players and talent and he'll change things up and... You know, he's gotten, his scheme is more of a power running scheme. And you know what? Before Eric Wood returns, that was, or retires, that's kind of very important. At the same time, if Deion Dawkins is showing up as good at that, Corey Glenn has already proven at good at that. I think you almost tried Dawkins or Glenn on the right side, see what happens, see if they can do it or not. And from there, you, you really just see what, what you want to plug, you know, and, and get some depth behind them. Um, I just think it makes too much sense to keep Tyrod. I mean, is there an upgrade? Am I making sense to you, Kevin? I know I'm just ranting here, but this is really a more in-depth look of our conversation that we were having an hour ago. Um, like, what do you think about my theory of Brian Dable coming in, seeing what you could do with the offensive line, with the guys already here, you know, under contract? I mean, I don't think they touch the offensive line too much. Honestly, they don't have the resources or the cap to really mess with it a lot. I mean, they could get rid of Glenn and then make a move at the tackle position, but they still have Jordan Mills on their contract and Deion Dawkins, who technically are their starting tackles, um, and they were for most of the year. So at, at worst, I mean, you let Mills or Cordy Glenn move on. So you would cut Jordan Mills or trade Cordy Glenn. Or why, wouldn't you, Glenn. why wouldn't you just keep Glenn, keep Incognito, Keep Roy at the center spot. He's smart as hell. Keep um at the right guard spot. Keep Miller and Ducasse. Ducasse is still on the You're contract. gonna keep both of those guys. Okay, they're not expensive. Right. So why not keep Mills well, as you, well? You're, you're gonna keep most. Of those. That's you're what I'm saying. Like, why guys. not keep all those guys? Aren't you? You're set? not going to keep all the tackle. You're not going to keep Mills and 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 Glenn. I'd bet any amount of money. Because it doesn't make sense. They need to, they need to still free up some cap space. And there's the jury still out that Dawkins or Glenn can even play right tackle. So you can't just keep them. Um, you know, the, the jury's still out that Mills is the only roster right tackle right now. Hmm. So unfortunately, Glenn and, uh, and Dawkins play the same role. Dawkins is healthy, played it well, really good rookie. He's okay. going to win out, man. The, this new regime is not messing around with not playing paying old regime players $15 million. Hmm. I just, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I like Cordy Glenn. I'd love him to stay, but how, how does he play? You're not going to bench Dawkins. Is he a right tackle? I don't, maybe. They're not going to pay a, a $15 million right tackle, even though the position's interchangeable. He's just not their guy. Yeah, man, he is a, if you cut, oh my God, oh my God. If you cut Cordy Glenn, that is eleven million one hundred and thousand dollars, and that's Whoa. why you have to trade them. <sighs> if you trade him, you save a little bit more against the cap. But he's not healthy. How do you, how... the problem is? This regime puts a really big precedent on being healthy. Dude, honestly, I don't know what the hell this regime puts a big precedent on at all. Okay. Because we were talking that we can't really talk too much about it because I don't want to sound stupid, but like 
the way somebody's handling this Eric Wood situation over there is kind of a could be a black eye to Brandon Bean in this new offense. You know, the black eye to the medical staff once again, just like it was Sammy Watkins. It's the same medical staff. They didn't change any medical people. Well, Bud Carpenter retired. Thank God. It's a, it's a black eye to the medical staff. This isn't the regime. If okay, if you really don't think it's Eric Eric Wood's fault at what happened on this injury, which many people do. Okay. That is definitely the, the the medical. It's not Brandon Bean giving Eric Wood uh, medical physicals. Okay. He's going off of what the Bills team doctors are saying. I think this would be the last straw, to be honest, today. If something happened medically, um, if something happened medically, I think that's it for a lot of these medical people. They've been struggling for years. Well, they were a little healthier this year, but that doesn't have to do with the medical. That has to do with the training staff. Um, the medical team's been in been in awful. They've been awful. They were awful with Corey Glenn. They were awful with Sammy Watkins. Like, what do you know? How come you say that? I, I'm not. I'm just playing devil's advocate. I don't know. Like, how come you say that? Because all the owners, GMs, down to head coaches, offensive coordinators, all they can do is. go off of what their reports say, right? They, they, they're not allowed to, to make their own opinions. I, I don't know, man. I, I, for for me, for me, with, I guess you're questioning. the player than it is the, the medical staff, and it's less to do with the GM. It has nothing to do with the GM. The GM, the medical staff reports to the coach. So if you're, if, if you're mad on the – it's on McDermott for not – McDermott and or his coaching staff for not interpreting his injury or it's on the medical staff for not finding it or knowing. And I think that's the battle right now, Dave, as to whether he withheld something or the medical staff had a blunder again. Yeah. I don't know what to think because like as a man, I try to have a man uh, be a man of integrity as weird as that sounds. Um, and for me, I'm somebody where I talk a lot out of nervousness because I want people to be comfortable. So I don't personally like being judged until somebody talks to me uh, right. first. So I'm not going to go out there right now and throw shade on the Bills medical staff. But I will say I like that you are actually questioning things because there was a big blowout with Doug Marone if you remember, over the medical staff. Or was it the training staff? I don't remember which was what. Okay? Now, some of the things that I think um, the players and stuff should be doing, I don't think they were doing, say, eight years ago when they should have been. Like, I wasn't really... Maybe I'm wrong, but I wasn't hearing about yoga and um, different kinds of... uh, alternative techniques than just lifting things heavy up, heavy down versus maybe using kettlebells. Maybe I don't know what these guys are, how these guys train. So I also don't want to talk about that, but I want my medical staff and my training staff. They got to be hand in hand. And, and, and I want to see what these guys look like. I want to see what this training staff is eating, what this medical staff is eating, because 
a lot of these guys, and this is all puppeted from the Joe Rogan podcast, okay? Pretty much of what I've taken in. And again, don't quote me because I could be just your guy, Dave, in Rochester, New York, telling you this. But look, there's a lot of doctors who most of them have no clue about nutrition. No doctor would have told me to cut sugars and pastas and um, breads out of my diet. And as an Italian, that's, you know, come on, it's death. That's I'm lucky because I'm an anomaly and I go to my grandma's house still to this day. And I just eat the damn ham right out of the package. Shredded ham from Wegmans. I don't care. And I just add some cheese to it out of the package. So giving up bread ain't that big of a deal. And you couple that with intense physical activity of only two nights of hockey and a physical labor job, which I was working a physical labor job. I didn't understand why I'm fat when I move around all day. So it didn't make sense. But a doctor, how many times do you see your doctor and that dude looks like he's pregnant? Or lady. And it's like, I just can't, I, I, I you know, I got to see what these people look like. Like, what are you telling my players to do? Because, you know, I think having everything written down is great. But I'm not Trent Reznor when it comes to music. I'm too stupid to write all my own songs. I'm trying to do it now. I, I cannot write my own song by myself. It's really hard to do every instrument and yada, yada, yada. Had the vision laid out there. And it's like... And I'm kind of hibernating, playing the drums, working on that. My point is, it's like, I, I just hope that McDermott lets the players do what's right for their own body because he was a wrestler, and I think it's great having a former wrestler as a nutrition guy. Does that make sense to you? Because, well, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot to talk about when it comes to all of it, nutrition, doctors, all that kind of stuff, but I... I I want a little bit more detail on Eric Wood, so we'll get into that whole. I think it's a whole good next podcast to talk about Wood and the training staff and the medical staff. Um, and for now, I mean, like your original question was offensive line and Dable. I only see one move, and it's Cordy Glenn. I think to keep everyone else the same, you're going to keep eight of the same players. You know, you're going to lose Wood and Glenn, but you're going to have the eight other players that you had all year. You're going to keep even McDermott, the old. Backup defense, young backup defensive tackle. So really, out of the ten players you had most of the year, you're gonna have eight of them. So that's pretty good continuity. Right. Um, what about you know, you're time? Have what to about make a move uh, for going out of pure money? You got to do it. They're they're not in great cap space. Yeah, but I I just can't. I'd almost rather have the new guy try the right side, see what happens, and and even you could you might even be able to see the footwork lightly. And walkthroughs, you know what I mean? See, like, where their weight is, if it's on the heels versus the ball, their feet, or whatever. Whatever, you know what I mean? Those little details that you can just, when you do that for a living, footwork. You know what I mean? Like, in hockey, it's like footwork goes a long way. Man, why are you fast? I'm not fucking fast. I just keep my feet kind of, like, going and, like, dig in. It's just rollerblading 101, dude. Like, you go nowhere with all that weight on rollerblades. You know, so it's like carrying momentum. Like, what are these guys asked to do? And it's like... You know, you obviously don't want the dude. You're right. You're right. You, you almost have a commodity in, in Cordy Glenn. You know, so have somebody else maybe take a risk on him. Maybe he doesn't like the Buffalo medical staff. I don't know. I mean, do you hear anything behind the scenes? Have you ever heard anything about the staff? Anything that raises question to yourself? Mm. That you can no, say? That they've, had a, that they've had some blunders. I mean, nothing... 
Because I Nothing. think the blunder really is on Sammy Watkins. And you know what was funny? is like, I was like, no, he's just walking around Disneyland. It's not that big. And I was thinking like, nah, man, right after your first foot surgery, you're walking around Disney World? Come on. Yeah. You're, you know what I mean? Imagine what else he did. Probably play basketball. Did stupid shit. Come on, man. That's like in the player. That's what the player does. You know, the, the medical staff can do only so much. I just want to make sure that they're on the cutting edge. That is your investment. You need to protect those guys. And the way that this regime so far has treated their investments, I you would probably agree with me. I don't think Marcel Darius was worth getting rid of for what they got rid of him for at all. And now that defensive line coach is gone? Come on, man. Oh, yeah, we're going to get him with Waffle. Oh, Waffle don't put up with shit. Watch him with hard knocks. Oh, and it's like, yeah, cool, dude. That's going to get to somebody that's a fucking millennial because you know what you're dealing with. No, dude. That, that was just one of the stupidest hires ever. Right. That was one of the stupidest hires forever. A guy who can't communicate with the players. Great. Great. But then again, you got guys like I can't really shoot Waffle under the bus that hard because you got guys like Aaron Donald over there in the Rams and how great of a dude he is. You know, he is hard, but like he's awesome. And did I even say the right guy? You know what I'm talking about? Defensive tackle, Rams. Um, Aaron Donald? Yeah, I did say Aaron Donald. Okay. okay. But, yeah, he was hyped about Waffle, you know, so I you know, I have to throw the shade equal. But I, I just, you know, I, I think the way the most important thing is is how are you going to get results from the players and to round this about, just give me – I'll let you go for a couple minutes. I won't interrupt you. What is your synopsis to wrap this up about Tyrod Taylor and my whole point here? We talked about offensive line. We talked about contracts. We talked about the receivers they have on the roster already. Coaches that possibly they might want to replace, which we'll get into special teams next podcast. And, um, you know, just I think with this offensive coordinator, my point is, is you want Tyrod. Because that dude is a nightmare to defenses. He he he's very strong. Work at his strengths. He's very strong on play action. And when it's third and three, do you want Tyrod running it? The whole playbook is open. Shady McCoy running it. Do you want to throw the ball? You know, it's wide open. And there's a lot of things that us fans see that this roster and personnel can do. And we're putting a lot of faith in these coaches to watch what they did well and come up with a system to mark down what they did well and how to use these players. But time and time again, a new coaching staff comes in and lets me down. And Chang'e, we frankly, was the best at it on the offense. Right. So, you know, we can see it's been done. And we see that guy go everywhere else and be successful. So, to me, the Bills are very well-versed in the power run game. That's what Dable likes to do. Tyrod Taylor is not stupid. What do you think? Like, where do you sit with that? Can you upgrade from him, or is it more of a lateral move? Uh, Do you believe that? I I think it's not good enough just to say it's just time for a change. I think that's a cop-out. I think that's stupid. You want to go with the guy where you understand his work habits. You want to, you know, that's kind of what I want to know. Um. I think I'm fine with him. It just depends on what he's going to ultimately cost. Like, I don't think you can sit have him on a one-year $17 million deal, especially with the $6 million bonus coming March 16th. Um, 
but you're right. There could be an opportunity to approach him about an extension. I think with the quarterback market, with Cousins, and with Alex Smith getting huge money, um, maybe you do sit on Tyra Taylor with that as the veteran guy, and you still are going to go to town drafting your rookie quarterback, and then third string would be Peterman. So I think that would be the the, the ideal plan. But you could always swap out Tyrod for another fat. Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Bradford, those guys could hit the market. You never know what old player hits the market, Dave. Eli Manning, Philip Rivers, any of these guys that they're Drew Brees, if they're ever hitting the market. You just don't know. Right I now. think I think Eli Manning goes to the Jaguars. They draft a quarterback behind him or Keith Blake. Or, you know, that's the thing is you're talking Teddy Bridgewater. He's going to get more money than what Tyrod will cost. If Tyrod hit the market, he's getting the most money. He's a playoff quarterback. He is bundled as a playoff quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater is not right now, okay? He hasn't played in a long time, and he's allegedly Zimmer's guy. He's going to re-sign with Minnesota really cheap. Probably. I mean, Bridgewater and probably Keenum will be there, I would assume, or Bridgewater and somebody. Um, but that does leave options. Though. Like You just can't get... Dude, Death who's got more tape out there of success, of not turning the ball over? Tyrod Taylor, that's what I'm trying to say. Is like, I don't think you can bring anybody to the table and really think I mean, it. We don't you you, you could have said, said Alex Smith. You could have probably slotted him in there because Alex Smith can get out of his own way too. Yeah, but you can't. You can't. I can't fully assess the options in, Jan, in you know, early February. I mean, in a couple of weeks, it'll be more clear. Um. So, all right. We'll label this. Where do we sit with Tyrod Taylor? Part one. Yeah, part one. I think you need a part one and a part two because right now I don't know the options. I'm comparing him to nobody. Um, I'm comparing him to Case Keenum, and that's it. Like you know, there's really, you know, I, in part two, you know, we'll have a better grasp on maybe what Jacksonville's doing, what veterans are available. Like, there's a lot that goes into this, right? You're, you're, I, I agree. I agree. Um, I, I just think, you know, that again, they're kind of, it's February 3rd today. So Saturday, Saturday, February 3rd, Saturday, write that down. February 3rd. I love notes. They're so fun. Um, okay. Just look at it this way. The bills can save $15 million by trading Tyrod and Cordy Glenn. $15 million on the cap in one year plus assets that they would receive for them. It's going to be too enticing for this ownership group. And yeah, but dude, group. dude, 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 dude. Deion Dawkins slips on a mat, okay? Okay. Like Kevin Anybody Cobb. slips on a mat. Exactly. Though. All right? I could have ended Tyrod Taylor's career this year. He almost ran into me when I'm in the tunnel at training camp. He's on his cleats. You know what I mean? Like, I got pictures of it after. It was crazy. He's like, hey, man, what's up? Okay. Oh, shit. You know, like. Dude, anything can happen. So then it's like one goes down. You had this asset in Cordy Glenn that costs a shitload of money. It's like, man, I want to know where Cordy. I, I just wish I had more details on Cordy Glenn. I just like want to know where we sit with that. But either way, you know, you have a mobile quarterback where I think the way the Patriots work is these teams, which is why I was excited about the Bills. And I gave Rick Dennison, a, you know, five games. Game five, you're not, I'm seeing the same shit. It shows me you haven't changed. I'll give you the first four, okay? But game five, let's see some damn adjustments. And one thing that really bothered me was the the use of everybody, <laughs> obviously. So it's like 
you have time to correct your mistakes. You have time to have a quarterback who can get out of his own way while you figure out your blocking schemes. That said, he could also screw it up by holding on to the ball too long. Right? At the same time, this year, we saw all these players stepping backwards in their development or holding it down. Incognito still made the Pro Bowl. And people shitting on the Rex teams, side note, how many defensive players were elected to the Pro Bowl on the defensive line or linebackers this year from the Bills? None. The secondary was incredible. And Gilbert is no longer the coach. So, I don't understand what you were saying is, uh, can you predict what they do? No. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I don't know, you know. So, the Bills, I think, are closer than we think at getting this mess figured out. And I think Tyrod Taylor is your safest, durable option there is. And I don't think you get a proper time to evaluate uh, a quarterback in Buffalo when he's getting his head kicked in. If he's getting sacked, if he can't get out of his own way. We're very close. Alex Smith could have been Nathan Peterman in Buffalo. It really could have happened. That really could have happened. You know, like, if the offensive line was that much of a tire fire. And then I guess somebody called in the, uh, I think the John Murphy show or somewhere. I don't know if you heard this, but there was a clip of uh, Joey Bosa saying that, like, Jordan Mills didn't even block him. I don't know if that's true or not. And yeah, like, yeah, so it's like, do you think that could have been like a thing? Maybe? Is that like, am I taking this down like a weird rabbit hole? Do you think maybe, um, do you think maybe Jordan Mills and, and them, they're, they're just like, well, we like our quarterback. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's been known to happen. There. Yeah, so there's there's a lot that could go on here, Dave. I think that part two is going to be needed for this follow-up. It's, it's too much unknown in, in February 2nd. There's just too much unknown with O-line, cap, quarterback availability. I think once those clear up, we can like follow the show up, which would be pretty cool. Yeah, free agency hits, uh, is it March 1st or is it 14th or something? 13th or 14th is the tampering period. I can't believe guys are already, like, doing draft crap. We have all, you know what I mean, dude? It's like all these guys are, like, doing mock drafts and shit, and it's like, yo, free agency hasn't even hit. Come on. And yeah, you, first, can't, you can't do mock drafts till, dude, to me like, till relax. And late then, March. And then, the, guys, and then the guys, Bills fans in, like, week nine that have already jumped off the bridge, they're like, oh, just, get, just get Donald. Don't even worry about it. Don't even look back. <laughs> it's like, okay, you know, like all these guys in college right now, they seem like they need some damn time, man. And it's like, unless they rank better than Patrick Mahomes, I don't see them taking them. And I don't think you can get up there. I mean, if you could try to pry out Andrew Luck, that would be cool. But, like, I don't think you get rid of that guy. I think he's one of those guys where you branded him to be your franchise quarterback. And um, you kind of got to stay with him. Because that is the face of your franchise. That's the only face of your franchise. You know? So, yeah, I know. I don't think I you're think getting that, Andrew Luck. I think Luck. Are stupid. You can't. I don't think you can touch him for, once again, I don't think you can touch him for at least 
two months, maybe six weeks. So, Kevin, talk about your podcast real quick, and then I'll let you go. All right, Dave. Well, as always, Locked On Bills at Locked On Bills. Three shows a week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, generally is our schedule. Um, we release a roster breakdown series to where we kind of do what Dave and I just did talk about a certain position group and break it down. Uh, follow that with a draft show, which is, you know, not crazy in depth scouting, just players the Bills could target to fill those needs that we talked about the day before via the draft. And a commentary pod on Tuesday, pretty much every Tuesday, about what's going on around the league and or the Bills on Tuesdays. So check that out at Locked on Bills. Follow us on iTunes and Spotify. Um, we're available either way, no matter how you listen to your music. And pretty much, I'm at Kevin Masseri. Awesome. Well, I'm your host, David Palermo, and thank you for tuning in to Numb Bills Fan Podcast number 176, which should be uh, titled... Uh, where do we sit with Tyrod Taylor part one and uh, thank you for tuning in and as always numbillsfan.com if you want to check out the website very simple there's a reason it's simple click to where you got to go has the Instagram feed with some pictures if you want to be nice follow us on Instagram Twitter Facebook very active on Instagram it's easy it's fast you get my info out of the way it's fun you don't get to see some stupid rants okay alright love you all Take care.